Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In September of 2018, a new breakthrough in space technology was uncorked, a specially designed bottle that will make it possible to drink champagne in the microgravity environment of space. The bottle contains two chambers, one for the champagne and the other for a valve that uses the carbon dioxide in the champagne to eject foamy little alcohol spheres, which can then be scooped into long-stemmed glasses for sipping. Once inside the mouth, the spheres turn back, voila, into liquid champagne. This space champagne, as the agency France Press reported, is envisioned as an amenity for space tourists who someday may be taking pleasure trips with private spaceflight operators. If future recreational astronauts do get the chance to savor some of the bubbly, it won't be the first time that alcohol has been consumed in space. The practice goes back to the early days of the Soviet space program, when the USSR's doctors reportedly sent cosmonauts into orbit with rations of cognac. One former cosmonaut told NBC News, we used it to stimulate our immune system and, on the whole, to keep our organisms in tone. Later on, cosmonauts were given a liquor containing ginseng, a root that's a traditional herbal remedy for improving energy and concentration. NASA, in contrast, generally has prohibited astronauts from drinking, not just in space, but also within 16 hours of a space launch. But the agency has wavered from its teetotaling stance at times— There reportedly was a plan, for example, to allow the Apollo 8 crew to drink a small ration of brandy to go with their Christmas meal of dehydrated bacon cubes and turkey gravy stuffing, but Commander Frank Borman decided they should forego the alcohol. On the Apollo 11 trip to the moon in 1969, astronaut Buzz Aldrin did open a small plastic container of wine. It was almost certainly the first food or drink consumed during the trip— But it was so that he, a Presbyterian church elder, could take communion, according to NBC News. As former NASA food developers Charles T. Borland and Gregory L. Vaught detail in their book, The Astronaut's Cookbook, Tales, Recipes, and More, NASA considered providing astronauts on the Skylab mission in the 1970s with sherry, packaged in flexible plastic pouches with built-in drinking tubes. But the idea was nixed for fear of negative publicity— And because, apparently, the beverage, although perfectly palatable on the ground, filled the cabin with an intensely nauseating smell on a test flight that approximated low gravity with freefall. In 1985, a NASA report titled Living Aloft, Human Requirements for Extended Space Flight contemplated the pros and cons of drinking on space flights and in future settlements on the moon or other planets. It noted it is unlikely that alcohol as a social beverage will find its way into space, at least until relatively large and stable settlements are established. Alcohol as a recreational drug may be keenly missed by space travelers, since there is evidence that alcohol plays an important social role in exotic environments. Generally, though, today's space travelers have to wait until they get back to Earth before they have a drink. Because of alcohol's chemical volatility, that is, its tendency to vaporize, astronauts aren't allowed to have it on the International Space Station. We spoke via email with Daniel G. Huo, a spokesman at NASA's Johnson Space Center. He said that this ban is due to, quote, the negative effects that alcohol can have on the water recovery system, which draws in water from a number of sources, including cabin condensation. The ban applies not just to beverages, but to any sort of product containing alcohol, such as aftershave or mouthwash. There's another tricky issue about drinking in space. 
not much is known about the effect of alcohol consumption on the human body in the space environment, which already is known to alter everything from the immune system to hand-eye coordination. No official studies have been done, so we really don't know whether the space environment would intensify the intoxicating effect of alcohol, or how an orbital hangover would compare to one that results from a bender on Earth. While we don't have much science on alcohol in space, for what it's worth, there has been research on the effects of alcohol consumption at high altitudes on Earth. In a 1988 study, for example, some male subjects drank a quantity of 100-proof vodka adjusted to their weight. For a 175-pound man, that's about 79 kilos, it was about four shots. And then they spent the day in a simulated 12,500-foot elevation environment, that's about 3,800 meters. They were then compared to other subjects who didn't drink and or who stayed at sea level. The drinkers experienced impaired performance on a battery of tasks, with older subjects performing worse than younger ones, but there wasn't a significant difference between drinkers at high altitudes and those who stayed on the ground. Although not much alcohol has been consumed in space, researchers are studying the creation of it on the ISS. Scotchmaker Ardbeg sent samples of unaged booze and wood up to study how whiskey might age differently in space, and Budweiser sent along batches of barley seeds in a scientific effort to understand the effects of microgravity on beer ingredients. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. To learn more about the history and science of space, food, and beverages, check out the episode of my other podcast, Saver, called Ground Control to Major Nom. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other tipsy topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. (laughs) 